Hey, happy Sunday, everybody. Hurricane Henry Sunday over here in New Jersey. This is your Sunday submission for August 22nd for MMANews.com. I am Ed Carbajal, a contributor here at the site. You can follow me on Twitter at Carbazel. Before we get into all the combat sports stuff from the last, what, four days? Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Three days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, make sure you click the bell notification, thumbs up. Give a like to the video over at the MMANews.com YouTube channel where videos like this exist. And we have a new interview from the Canadian god, James Lynch, with Armin Sarukian. Hopefully I'm reading that right. He fights Dan Hooker on September 18th. So make sure you go and check that out as uh, I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff that they talk about as far as his fight preparation against uh, the likes of Dan Hooker. Um so before we get into all the mixed martial arts stuff that happened, um, I would be remiss. The podcast I do, we talk, we did like a preview thing over at Coast to Coast Combat Hour, and we looked at all the MMA and bare knuckle, and we for completely uh, forgot to look at um, Manny Pacquiao versus Jordanis Ugas. And um, we should have because, as you probably know by now as I'm recording this, I know it looks later. It's it's actually looks later than it is because of the hurricane. It looks like it's goddamn night over here in Jersey, but um, it's actually not. It's, this is the regular time I usually stream this on the on my Twitter. Mm. What's funny is like I I accidentally placed a bet on um, Pacquiao and then decided to remove it, and then I just stayed away from it at all because if you don't know about the boxing match with Pacquiao and Ugas, Ugas won, uh, upset Pacquiao. I personally thought Manny Pacquiao would win just because of the fact that he was um, uh, fighting someone that was a late replacement. So I um, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Usually when that happens, especially in mixed martial arts, the last-minute guy will, you know, they'll either go the distance but get beat on for as many rounds as the fight goes or, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, the uh, you know, the very rarely does an upset happen, and uh, that's what happened last, especially with someone with the likes of Pacquiao and the output or whatever. But I mean, you know, not for nothing, he's an he's an older guy, he's an older cat. So what what are you gonna do, right? It, these things happen. Um, but um, I've doing the coast to coast combat hour uh, when Matt and I were done, like we had we had business to discuss, and then we discussed all PFL, Bellator, UFC, which we're gonna get to here. Um, and then we realized afterward, and bare knuckle. And uh, then we realized afterwards, like, Jesus, we forgot to talk about the boxing. And, you know, when you have a legend like Pacquiao on it, so that's a little bit of disrespectful, a little bit of disrespect. So my apologies to the folks on that podcast that uh, that we didn't look at that. But, you know, it didn't go the way that we uh, it didn't go the way that I would have thought it went. So sounds like it was something worth watching. But um, anyway, let's get into uh, last night's. Uh, we're gonna, we'll start with the UFC results. Um First of all, um, we're going to start with that one. I know I usually like to go from, you know, as the weekend came from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but I want to work backwards simply because of the amount of finishes that were on that uh, that UFC uh, Vegas 34. Um, give me one second to find these. I know Luke Lopez, Luke Lopez, when he watches this, he gets pissed off at when I do this, but listen, bro trying to make this something you know i got to feature the site on here some way somehow (laughs) 
So um, go to MMANews.com to check out the full results and the um, clips that we have that I am not allowed to play. Check out three Sunday submissions ago to find out why. Um, but the beginning of this card, I mean, I'm not going to lie. This card wasn't really on my radar at the beginning of the weekend. As, as we, you know, when Thursday started, you know, for me, that because of all the fights, that was like the weekend for me. And um, when we started looking at the, uh, when we started looking at the, the fights coming, um, for me, I liked the, obviously the PFL because of the playoffs happening. And, um, you know, the main event was uh, like a contender fight between Cannoneer and Gastelum. But, this is one of those ESPN fight night cards that, um, man, did it deliver. I was, uh, if you guys have been following Sunday submission for a while, you know, I'm a fan of finishers and the, I'm, I'm scrolling down to the beginning. So you could look at you know, the whole, was it just all the pre almost that was decision. I messed it up. I remember I, I started counting them. And of course, when I was trying to count them and I remembering my count, excuse me, the, um, you know the the decision started coming but they didn't stop there we got a couple of uh we had a submission to start off the main card when they switched to regular ESPN um because the prelims were on ESPN2 this is incorrect um but uh there's one knockout that went viral i'm surprised that that it's not featured on on the results here because uh as soon as it happened it was all over again i'd love to play for you but you we know what happens when i do that Ignacio Bahamondes versus Roosevelt Roberts. The spinning uh, wheel kick knockout that he delivers was so, I mean, it was it was a progression. It happened in the final round, round three. And what was so cool about it is that the uh, the progression through the, the fight had him, um, he, he did it, I don't know if he did it once per round. I'd have to rewatch it. I literally just finished watching it before I started recording this, by the way, because this thing started at 7 o'clock my time, so it went went a little late for my old ass, especially I trained and stuff myself on Saturday. So, you know, you got you to gotta keep keep me uh, caffeinated or whatever to, to keep up with these fights. But anyway, so he's, he did the spinning body kick, and he was landing it to the body. Well, I mean, I assume he was targeting the liver. They muted some of his post-fight interview because he – you know, he cursed a little bit because eventually when he went for the head, he's, he said, uh, F it and, you know, and the kick landed. But um, the delivery of it was nice because he, he already had uh, Roberts thinking, you know, every time he spins, he's going to the body. So if you watch it and again, ESPN, uh, go on ESPN's Twitter or UFC's YouTube and you can see the slow-mo, the, the real-time when he delivers it, you can see Roosevelt Roberts brings down the right hand to because he got used to it landing in the body. And uh, Bahamondes just went right up top, and it landed beautifully. Probably the best knockout of the night. I'm sure he could pick up a bonus or something for that. Um, but um, And then there is a fight also, uh, Josian Nunes versus Bay Malecki. That was an, a first-round knockout. Now... Usually, when you see a, a a fighter with a difference in in height and reach, like if you didn't see this fight, um, Nunez was the shorter. I don't want to say stockier because she, you know, they were bantamweight. She wasn't really that stocky, and Maleki, who looked like she had a, a a huge height and reach advantage over her, and that clearly didn't matter to Nunez. She came at her. Um, she kept firing off a a, a, a 
Well, she was southpaw, if I'm remembering correctly. So she was firing off her left. I was going to say overhand right. But this this punch just kept uh, – I remember watching her be pressure and aggression and um, making Maleki have to defend to the point that she she was uh, – she was uh, – because of her height, she was she was putting her hands up, but I guess she was she was protecting down here. So this hand kept landing, and eventually she just I mean she blazed her. That's all I can say. I mean it was a it was great finishes. I mean it got to the, that. I think that was the fight where I said yeah because that's where the decisions start coming in. Um, but that was the fight that I was like, how many finishes we got here? I mean all these all of these finishes here in the beginning. So if you didn't get to catch those, I actually I mean. I'm not an ESPN Plus subscriber, so I was glad that they put these on. I mean, you could probably go back in ESPN Plus and and watch these fights, but um, these these first few fights were were something else. But um, I'm surprised. This I'm really surprised that this highlight isn't on here with all the highlights that we have from the main card up top. But you know, I guess uh, folks only scroll so much on MMAnews.com. Who knows the reason behind that? But um, and uh, this fight here with Brian uh, Kelleher and Domingo Pilarda, even though that went to the decision. That was a fun fight to watch. I mean, this card, amazing, just top to bottom. The um, I'm going to talk about the main event in a minute because I, I I just finished watching it. Um, there was uh this heavyweight fight. This was Brandon Royville fight. Before we get into the heavyweight fight, this uh, flyweight uh, the flyweight first main card fight. Um. That was Brandon Roy. I think I'm pretty sure that was Brandon Royville's fight, first fight back. And I mean, the dude, even though he lost, I mean, he's just he's young. He's got a long, you know, he's going to develop more. But like he fought, he, he separated his shoulder. If you remember when he fought Brandon Moreno, so he had to get surgery for that. He came back. I mean, and the way he was fighting, not for nothing, it didn't seem like he had any issues with his shoulder or what have you. I think it was just you know the first, like uh, the great Chael Sonnen says, first one back doesn't count if you're off away for any amount of time but i personally was uh uh impressed with his return um i actually thought roy val could pull off a submission win here i know pantoja is uh was is you know nobody to no no easy fight for anyone at flyweight uh at the end of the fight pantoja called out uh moreno who was who was there i i guess to watch this fight because he wanted to see because this fight that fight, I remember when Royval and Moreno were initially booked before Moreno got his his title shot. I was super excited for for um, just the matchup in general because those guys match up so well. The shoulder injury thing that happened was was uh, it was messed up. You know, it, it ruined what could have potentially been a fantastic fight. So, and if you watch this fight, even even with Royval losing, we saw that you know. Um, He's gonna make for uh, performance of the night or fight of the night. Like he's he's gonna always be main card uh, worthy placement in my in my opinion. Um, and then this fight with uh, Vince Pichel and Austin Hubbard. I mean, uh, Pichel won. You know, it was uh, it, I wasn't my favorite fight of the night as far as like the fights that went to decision. You know, again that for me it was this this Kelleher versus Domingo, and then the heavyweight fight Parker Porter versus Chase Sherman. <clears throat> Um, Parker Porter, man, this, that dude, I mean, if you looked at him, you wouldn't think he would have, uh, I don't know if he just wore damage better or had better. I mean, he, you won't, you don't look at him and think he had better cardio, but he did. And, um, he just, the pressure the whole way against Chase Sherman, 
Um, Sherman was taking a lot of shots too, and so was Porter. If you look at his face, he wore a lot of damage. But the um, the fight with uh, uh, Porter Porter just seemed to wear all the damage better. So for me, um, that was a fun fight to watch, especially for heavyweights when they when they keep going like that. I mean, you don't first of all you don't expect them. You usually expect them to get tired. And there was some fatigue towards the end, but I mean, they they both wore the fatigue well. Um, Porter just wore the damage better than Sherman did, which is I believe is why he got the unanimous decision. Um, plus, he was pressuring all the time, and and more times than not, the guy that the guy that's pressuring his opponent uh, you, rarely does a guy moving backwards win. I used to say unless you're Conor McGregor, but I don't think that's the case anymore either. Um, and what else do we have before we get to the main event, which was fantastic? Um, Clay Guida. I mean, he, he lost a split decision, but I mean, Clay Guida is a fun fight to watch. So, you know, that was just fun to watch. I didn't, I mean, um, he used to have like issues where he would do too much early in the fight. And then, um, you know, kind of like the, it wouldn't have been a split decision. It'd be like unanimous decision loss, but it looks like he's actually, it's weird at 39. He's, you know, he's still <laughs> co-main event and, you know he he made it worth it because it's a split decision victory for Madsen, not not a not a uh, you know unanimous decision. And you know Madsen, you know they talked about his Olympic credentials and stuff like that during the broadcast. So that's definitely something to uh, to you know tip your hat and recognize for Clay Guida before you start calling him old. You know I, I can't stand in combat sports people. I mean probably because I'm in, in my mid forties myself. But when I kind of start, you know, when you hear old for combat sports, you know, it's like, come on, come on. It's not like they're checking into the senior home, you know, even though people make those comments. But it, anyway, main event, Jared Cannonier versus Kelvin Gastelum. Listen, unanimous decision for Cannonier. I think that was just because of the – there was – he did sit he, – he landed a shot that dropped – I think it was round two where Gastelum got dropped and he spun and got back up. And then there was an uppercut that was questionable about about how heavy it landed, or if it was just a slip, and um, you know, misplaced uh, Gaslam's footing. I think in the third or fourth round. But um, uh, Kenanier is a they mentioned it a lot during the broadcast, and I remember that specifically that uh, when when Israel Adesanya was talking about uh, who he'd like to face next, um, the one that he mentioned was was uh, Jared Kenanier. And I think we're seeing that because uh, we're th- we're seeing that more likely to be you know the case if if uh, the Whitaker Adesanya two you know whatever happens there because who knows if they're even going to get be able to hold that event uh, at this point with everything going on with COVID. I mean, uh, as much as we get into sports and moving forward with the year and everything, it's uh you know anything could happen at this point. I I'm 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 not uh, I'm supposed to go to an event in September and. You know, I'll uh, I'll that week of if I'll, I'll feel like that's safe when I'm actually there and you know first bell rings and yada yada yada. But great fight. Um, I don't foresee uh, it that matchup happening soon. I mean, th- there's comments on Twitter. Well, I'm looking for to bring up the results for um, Bellator. Uh, there's comments on Twitter about. Uh, let me close this out. About uh, because he said uh, when he was asked what's next, they were like, um, he said uh, you know I'm I need to fight because I'm broke, 
and and then uh, there was news about it uh you know the endeavors earnings especially with it when it comes to the because they own the ufc you know and and just about the he's the number three currently because they, they update their rankings on tuesday he's the number three uh middleweight in the ufc and he's saying you know on espn that he's broke um listen um if you're fighting the top organization in the world and, and you're saying that you're broke i mean that's definitely that's that's never gonna the fighter pay especially when it comes to the ufc it's never going to not be looked at you know what i mean you, it's always going to be under the microscope and um you know as uh with them going pub endeavor going public and the ufc being part of the ownership don't be surprised if that if that becomes more of a focus point in the in the near future like folks are going to keep on looking at that as long as uh you know as long as it keeps being brought up and you know go fund me for fight camps and stuff like that so um i know you're gonna have the other side of the fence where folks are like oh maybe he could manage his money better but listen still you know the people have this image of the professional athlete um and uh when you look at where they're fighting where the money comes from and how much gets you know the numbers are out there you just have to look it up i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make this a soapbox especially and amazingnews.com loves the UFC so much. So speaking of love, now let's look at look at Bellator's uh results from Friday. This is their last event of the summer, final Bellator 265. Um main event was uh Czech Congo versus Sergey Karatanov. Uh the um the uh 46-year-old Congo submitted uh Karatanov in the second round and um you know a lot of folks it's funny because uh again you know we looked at these fights going into them uh, matt and i at the coast to coast combat hour podcast and the thing that um he and i had said about this particular fight was you know check congo he's he's had a long career he's 46 which i just talked about the age and everything for combat sports <clears throat> congo um he didn't fight like a 46-year-old during the fight. It was actually a really – it was two rounds, and that second round he really brought it to Karatanov. You know, you, we expected this uh, laboring, like older fighter type of pace, and he brought it to him. But I I would be remiss if I said – if you, I mean, he, lay, he took off his gloves and laid down after he got the win, and they were going to help him up. He didn't want any help up. So there's something to be said that there might be something. I didn't see any post-fight interview stuff from him. He didn't do the, the – I was tapped into the Bellator Zoom. Um, I usually get the links for that or you, you check Bellator PR's YouTube channel. Didn't see any interviews um, from him for that. So I, I was – actually, before I recorded, I was like, uh, uh, did he announce retirement or something? I feel like he was thinking about it. Usually when the gloves come off before they do the official decision announcement, that's something to expect, but, you know – it is what it is. Um, at forty-six year old, he's still picking up uh, victories and you know holding his position in the Bellator rankings. Um, so I wrote in this article was initially just a fight card. This has got my byline on it. So I just want uh, there was uh, news. The original co-main event was supposed to be Adam Borgs versus JJ Wilson. It was canceled. Home, homeboy Nolan King from MA Junkie Junkie broke the news uh, Thursday morning. So they bumped up. Uh, and this is uh, was Logan Storley's hometown, where he, uh, him versus Dante Shiro was the main event. I'm wondering, like, how, um, 
how much of a fan base is familiar with this sport because you know Logan Storley did his thing. He's got awesome wrestling. He's he, I mean he he makes every every one of his opponents wear his weight when he wrestles them. Um and Dante Shiro, I believe, was undefeated. He was 8-0 going into this. I had their records and stuff up before it was modified, not by me, to be the results piece. Um, but the split decision, because uh, there was a really nice scramble in the first round. Um, but Storley, I mean, if you're a jiu-jitsu guy scrambling against a wrestler, and I'm saying this as a jiu-jitsu guy because I know we have many wrestlers at my gym, the wrestler is going to win. You're going to be on the bottom, and you're going to be on your back. And Shiro did his best. He got to do submission attempts. And but uh, I mean, as Storley, as as a really great wrestler, versed in the submissions that can that he has to look out for in mixed martial arts, you know, he managed to do his thing and, and pick up a split decision victory. Um, I'm not sure why it was a split decision. I'd have to look at the scorecards. I might I might go back and look at the scorecards after this when I do write stuff for my newsletter. But. Um, it was definitely uh, Storley's fight. I mean, I guess because of Sh- I mean Shiro was trying stuff from the bottom, so I could see if if one of the judges you know recognized that how they could score that. But it was still you know it was still Storley's fight to win. And uh, this kid right here, Jornel Lugo. Um, funny story about this kid. I'm going to tell it. I'm, I'm it's going to be the basis actually of the newsletter that I write. I'm going to write an article over for another outlet too about this kid too because. Bellator 232. I sent him the video actually on his social media account. I interviewed him. He snuck into the media day at Bellator 232. This was in 2019. Um, he was on the undercard. He wasn't listed. Uh, when we go to do cover event coverage, they give you a list of who to fight so you know do your homework on and you can you know, do your interviews and have your questions ready. But he walked in. The teammate of Mike Kimball's. I think they were Hard Knocks 365 back then. Uh, I'd have to double check. So. You know, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but um, he's a bantamweight. He fights at 135. Back then, he was 2-0. and I think he just advanced to 9-0 last Friday with this win over uh, Keith Lee, who's uh, – I think that's he's related to Kevin Lee, if I'm not mistaken. But <clears throat> picked up a submission win, choked him out at the end, end, end of the round, like literally the, the uh, at the five-minute mark in the first round. Um, so he said during the media day leading into it, he talked about how he snuck in and, and uh, you know, I was the one guy that interviewed him. And I, so I put it, if you follow him, he's a one Lugo on social media. I, I, I sent him that video. I'm probably going to put it in my newsletter too, but I, I sent it to him because, um, you know, he talked about how he, his initiative and how he's just trying to do his thing. And here he is now on the main card at belt or two thir- 265. A uh, couple of years later, opening up the main card and picks up a first round submission, and then he's also on uh, piggybacking on Rafan Stott's uh, thing about making a bantamweight tournament. I think we're going to get this bantamweight tournament. You got Bellator's one hundred thirty five pound. I think I said this uh, last week too, but I'm going to say it again because I want the bantamweight tournament Grand Prix. If they if they have to do one for twenty twenty two, oh my god! I mean, yeah, put Lugo on it, put Stotts on it. Put all the 135ers, including their champ Pettis, on it. Um, it's a murderer's. Mur- it's always been a murderer's row, and now we got these new young, up and coming cats like Lugo. I can't say enough about about the kid. And again, him, uh, Anthony Taylor, Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor is another young fighter that 
you know, people don't want to feature these guys. Feature don't, you know, people always want to, they want to chase the Conor McGregor's and all the, the names, but these are the guys coming up that you got to keep, keep an eye on. And if you don't know about Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor, he's on the undercard. He's boxing on the undercard of the Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley for this coming Sunday. Um, and, uh, you know, manifesting their own destiny. I mean, you get, you got to give credit where credit is due where these young fighters are concerned. Hmm. Excuse me, this damn hurricane humidity is messing with my throat. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, there was a uh, the prelims were pretty short card. <clears throat> uh, Dwayne Johnson's submission, Darce choke was that was a nice sub finish. Um, surprised we don't have any of those highlights on here, but who knows what they're doing with this stuff when they when I I just put the fight card up and they do their thing when I leave it there. But uh, we used to put them, but go to Bellator, go to Bellator social. Cause they, they put up a lot of the highlights as they happen on their uh, social media. But um, that was Bellator two, 265. Great card. Last one of the summer. Their next event is September 18th. Um, so be on the lookout for, for them. And, and um, in the meantime, they'll probably do signing and stuff like that. They're going to Russia in October. So Bellator's got a lot of good stuff coming as we head towards the the end of the year here. I mean, we're on, we're at the end of August almost. And then uh lastly with the Pro Fight League um the uh the main event was with uh, Kayla Harrison and uh, against uh Jenna I Jenna Jenna Fabian. I kept calling her Jenna Fabian because uh until that little mishap happened with the reporter that she was with. <laughs> She corrected. She corrected him on her name, so I have to make sure I say her name correctly. And I'm not going to call her pretty or anything like that guy did because to make myself look like an asshole. But um, she, I didn't expect the fight to go as it did because I follow having watched Fabian before, and that fight I believe was supposed to happen uh, in the 2019 season, and uh, I I don't remember why it got pulled. Uh, there was no COVID, you know, it was uh, like visa issues or something because she was supposed to fight her at some point in the season. And then, the, you know, she wound up fighting uh, Pacheco. Uh, Harrison wound up fighting Pacheco again. Um, so, the, I mean, the, this fight in particular, I just thought she would use her striking. Fabian, I thought she would use her striking um, to keep uh, Harrison at bay and give her problems. The fact that it didn't go that way. I think just makes us have to look at Harrison more. You know, do pe- you have two people when it comes to Kayla Harrison? Two like views from the fight fan aspect or whatever you want to call it. The points of view that they have are easy. Okay, you know, they're feeding her cans or whatever. And then my point of view, which is the other side, is like this woman is legit. Like you know, she trains. She trains with Amanda Nunes. Um, she's beating. She's not beating. If anything. All these fighters that she's beaten have more experience. Most of them, I'll say, most of them have more experience than her, you know, because she's she started right. She started doing her pro MMA fights right, and she didn't do any amateur. She just went right into pro MMA, and she started doing them just as World Series of Fighting was transitioning into the Professional Fighters League. So they've proven they're doing it now with Clarissa Shields that they can they can build f- fighters from other combat sports into legit competitors. And their format, you know, has already proven that it doesn't matter your experience or where you come from. Because if you look last week when we talked about how Roy McDonald's out, Anthony Pettis is out, they're in the playoffs now, and these fighters are out. These these favorite fighters, they're they're not in it anymore. But Kayla Harrison still is. Um, 
And the other thing is, too, uh, someone that comes from the Olympics the way that she does, any Olympic-level athlete, even if it's like freaking Olympic cornhole, you know, or or what is something, you know, abstract, they are the best at it in the world. So if, you, if you're competing at that level, you're already a threat to most people as far as your mental aspect, like, like there's a, like almost an undefeatable mindset when it comes to the Olympic level athletes, um, not just in MMA, but you look at it in boxing and anything else, which is why Gabe, if you haven't noticed, Gable Stevenson had, he was at Bellator on Friday. He was at a WWE event last night. I don't know what's going on today, but he'll probably be at that. I mean, he's definitely doing the right thing to market himself around because if he does fight, you what that guy's going to be a problem. I mean, just that 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 focus on training and learning the new techniques. Look at what Clarissa Shields is doing. Look at what Amanda uh, Kayla Harrison has been doing. Um, it's 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 definitely a testament to to. I don't see her the way she's been talking. I don't see her staying with the PFL because I mean she already stepped away when they weren't doing anything. Um, you know, she. I don't want to say forced their hand, but she forced. You know. She made her own destiny and fought uh, in Invicta. She cut down to 145. Remember that she can make 145, and she and she did well in Invicta. And then she, you know, she had another one at Titan FC that didn't fall through because the, the her opponent didn't make weight. But um, it's definitely one of those things that when this season is over for the Professional Fighters League, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Harrison does, you know. Like there's, there seems to be Chris Cyborg's name has come up often. Chris Cyborg's at Bellator. When this season is done, I wouldn't be surprised in 2022 if there's a, a name. You know, there's some negotiations going to make a, especially if she wins a PFL 2021 title. I mean, you got a champ versus champ f- potential right there for Bellator's uh, featherweight division. Um, and Kayla Harrison doesn't seem like she's playing around. She's, she's, you know. Off of camp, when she's not in camp fighting, she seems to be a an enjoyable breath of fresh air, beautiful young lady. Oh, and I mean, I don't mean that. <laughs> I don't mean to mention that in any disparaging way before she starts slamming my ass around if I see her, um, <laughs> because we, we know she'll come at folks that that uh, do stuff like that. But I, I see that I if she leaves the PFL, I wouldn't be surprised if it's if uh, she's they put her in a belt or and if they do a, like a Grand Prix for the women. Oh my God. That would be something. That would be something. I mean, they had they they just got out of two Grand Prix now, the light heavyweight and the featherweight. So my mind is spinning. But anyway, that's my time with a uh, Sunday submission for MMAnews.com. Thank you for those that are watching. And once again, make sure you do the thumbs up notification if you like this. Click the bell for future videos and interviews from the Canadian God James Lynch. Check out MMAnews.com for all your UFC, Bellator, big combat sports results. And if you want to get a little deeper than that, follow me on Twitter at Carbazel. Um, that's where I stream this live on Sundays when I do it, and I, and I send off the recording to MMAnews.com. So, uh, and I do a bunch of other stuff related to the sport there. Thank you so much for watching. Have a good Sunday. If you're on the Northeast, my, like me, it looks like this thing is getting out of here. Hopefully, you're not flooded or you know any damage to your home, or whatever. Peace. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.